Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to another episode of New Head, where we learn to live in the present moment and navigate life together. This podcast is available in all the podcast apps. If you haven't subscribed, please pause just now and rate me. It helps others discover this podcast. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram on at Nohead Podcast. How are you doing, breathers? Yeah? That's my name for all of you who are taking time to breathe and be in the present moment. If you're tuning in for the first time, my name is Dorothy Aoko, and when I'm not doing my day job in communications, I facilitate a mindfulness course at Google called Search Inside Yourself. Today's quote is from Mr. Aro Solomon Oburu, my guest and the author of Passing the Baton. Quote, we play different but necessary roles in the lives of the children we've been blessed with. The most critical of these roles, however, is to pass the baton to that next generation through a structured, carefully thought out decision. End of quote. My guest today is 84-year-old Mr. Aro Solomon Oburu, who describes himself as a proud grandpa, father, and husband to Paris Atieno Oburu. He has just published his first book, Passing the Baton. In this second part, we're talking about the book that was launched early in December 2021. He says that the best baton to pass on to your child and society is integrity of character. In this session, we are going to talk more and delve into what the book is about and why you must get a copy. As is our practice, let's take a moment to fully arrive by doing a few breathing exercises. So let's practice together by being aware of our next three breaths. We will breathe in through the nose to a count of six. We will hold to a count of two. And then we will breathe out slowly through the mouth to a count of six. Breathe in. Hold. Breathe out slowly through the mouth. Breathe in through the nose. Hold. Breathe out slowly through the mouth. Breathe in. Hold, breathe out slowly through the mouth. And now let your breathing return to its normal rhythm. Breathing in, breathing out, letting your breath guide you, letting your breath lead you, not controlling anything. Just letting your breath be. Welcome. Thank you. 
So, happy to be with you. Thank you, me too. And thank you for giving us this precious gift, passing on the baton. I'm really passionate about Africans telling our African stories. And I find that this is what this book is doing. It's talking about who we are as Africans and what our values are. Let me tell you, I want to because the push came from them combined with the grandchildren, the elder grandchildren. And uh, they did a lot to make sure it came to reality. We have had challenges which I don't want to discuss here. What I would say, which I did not discuss here, but it is in the book. And I ask friends, what is the relationship between you and your child? Are you a parent or you are a friend? That distinction is not crystallized. But when I ask many friends, many friends, mm. with whom we share and some of come for the council, your child, is it your child or is your friend? And the answer I get, nearly 90% is my child. See, this is my child. What, mm. uh, what are you asking me? And but, in with your children, they're your friends. But I've learned from my children. I learned from my mother mm. and my father that the biological birth, which makes your father and makes the child yours, terminates five minutes after the romance, it ends. The mother carries it for nine months and it terminates. After that, there is a little bit of biological responsibility in nursing the child, making sure the child has good nutrition and so forth. But the most important of all is friendship because that is what you live with until death makes you what? Part. Not the biological production. And that is where we make a lot of parents make the mistake. Their relationship is biological parentage instead of social parentage. And children grow and they reach an age. And very few of us accept that the children mm. grow and they reach an age mm. where they are your social equal. Right, right. They become their social, your social equal. Mm. And parents don't want that. They want the children to remain subordinate in all, even social issues. Right. So that is, that affects a lot in passing the baton. At what time do you accept in your Right. And Right. Before we get into it, just explain to me passing the baton, what does that mean? What passing the baton means is you live, you go, but you don't live a vacuum. The other way is, I call it, we all have a terminal date with exit. And the good thing is that we don't quite, the more powerful terminal date of exit is death. But in between, wherever we are, we will exit. Through disability, which may arise from accident, we may exit, even in our areas of employment, because the boss just doesn't like your face, and he decides you go. Right. You can't stop it. So, the most powerful exit is your absence and permanent absence from your children. Those permanent, permanent absence from the children, some of them can come from what we are talking about. So when you are sucked from job, you cease to find capability to pay their school fees. When you fall sick, that disables you from capability to support them. So, all this I combine to call dates of exit. 
Some we can plan, like in the normal employment and where things are good. You know the date of your retirement because it is worked back to your date of birth. Whatever mode of exit visits you, what are you leaving? Or what are you handing over? What are you bequeathing to the children? I've attended several visit funeral services and I find two very powerful words. Survived by and succeeded by. True. The one who survives you is your wife first. Right. Your first survivor. Mm. And then if you have brothers and sisters, but there's only one group that succeeds you. That's your children. In other words, you after you are born. Right. And your children are the only ones who are you after you are gone. So I ask myself, what am I bequeathing them? What am I passing to them? That explains what I mean by passing the pattern. Passing to him or to her, who is me after I'm gone. Right. Yeah. So that was really your intention about bequeathing the next, your children, something to have your grandchildren. Yes. And you've talked about this idea of death, of exit in many ways. Is this something you always sort of are aware of as you've grown through life, this awareness of these possible exits? It crystallized to me in, uh, well, it got crystallized in my 15th year in civil service. How old were you in your 15th year in civil service? I was in 40s. The reason um, I'm asking is because we all need to then yes, yes relate that. Because that is when I began to see the reality of retirement and the actuals of this thing which kept us in the civil service called pension. Right. But as it came to me, one thing dawned. Because the fa- those who are my seniors by age in the civil service, a few had begun retiring. The bar retired when I was turning 50, but a few began retiring. And I saw the relationship between their retirement and the location of their children in the pyramid of influence. And you know, you can ask Paul is here. When they were young, I had uh, a principal that in our house, you don't talk English, you don't talk Swahili, you talk the Luo. Wow. I was challenged by quite a number of my contemporaries mm. that I was behaving like somebody who had not gone to school. Because you're not speaking English because in the family. I was, not te- I was not allowing my children to talk English in the house. Wow. That is so unusual. These days, people don't want their kids speaking any of their African and, languages. Uh, <laughs> it was unusual. And you know, they were crazy about talking English. A lot of Luo's of my generation, their children, Right. And I told a very close friend of mine, who told me, how are they going to learn in school? She said, the use was the learning in school was in English. Mm. So I'm going to impair them. And I said, no. No, because I just... I first began to be taught English when I was 15. And you did well. Look at you. And I grew and yes. I taught English. I wrote the composition, some of which passed better. The Lord is the way to be taught in school. It's already not being taught. Right. We were taught vernacular, which was the Lord, with some people who were teaching us to speak it this way, saying mm. this. The children these days are not. And I wanted them to be able to talk to my mother. Mm. And one of the things that influenced me when I was in Liberia, we had quite a number of colleagues who came from Tanzania, who came from Malawi, who came from Zanzibar, and who came even from Zaire. We were numbered about... I think we were about 60. And sometimes we wanted to backbite these people and we had to re- retreat to Swahili. Right. Which the Zaire, well, then the Congolese would have understood. Yes. 
But you know, when we were in high school, we were told Swahili does not belong to the people with a brain. <laughs> you know how they were mentally? Mm. Yeah. So we left it to be spoken by people who could write good English, who could not. I, was, I happened to have been one of those who were indoctrinated. And often I felt isolated when we sat at East Africans. Because you couldn't speak Swahili. I could speak Swahili. Mm. I wanted Paul to grow. I wanted Melissette, my eldest child, a daughter, mm. to grow. To be able to get, when there is an opportunity to backbite somebody, mm. he should talk the law. Mm. So those are what influenced me. <laughs> That's a noble reason, it and, is. <laughs> uh, I saw it work. Paul did not fail any exam because he spoke the law. He spoke the law in the, mm. the house. Mm. They that is Melissette. Mm. None of them did. So I think it is very important on passing values. Yeah. Right, right. I like that. Passing and values I, to our children. And it begins I with can, our language. Right. Yes. Mm. I told you what happens with some of these people. Right. They can walk. Maybe you people don't see this, but some of these people can walk. Mm. You queue. But the name will tell him that person belongs to who. Right. So you've talked about this idea of exit. And I'm thinking of the past two years with COVID-19. Did that surprise you? Because I think that COVID-19 has just shown us that exit can happen anytime. How has that been for you? What have you learned? Are there any lessons you've learned from COVID-19 the past two years? Or something that has surprised you about the two years? What I've learned about COVID is confirmation that you, you have a date with exit. Mm. And quite often that date, you don't know it's right. arrival. Mm. You cannot prescribe its arrival. Mm. COVID-19 arrived. Nobody was prepared for it. Mm. So all we had to do was to see how do we benefit from it. Mm. And this is part of what is of what passing the baton is. Are we preparing our children to take the shock? COVID-19 finished jobs for many. Right. Are our children ready for it? You know, in the normal work, they can start accusing, my boss doesn't like me, this doesn't. But some are universal. Right. Are your children prepared for universal, universality? Right. You see, one of the things that I can say about this, and I've talked with Paul mm. and some of my, and my children, mm. is globalization. Right. I mentioned we have very highly qualified, scholastically qualified people who are actually reduced to technical people because all the work is done. All the design and thinking is done in Europe, America, China, and then they're just brought to implement. But if you take effect of globalization, is it preparing? How much are we preparing the children, the people who are our successors? Right. Because that is what the eulogies say. They are, they succeed us. Mm. How much are we preparing them to compete with the Chinese? Yeah, back to our education system. Maybe that goes back to a deeper question about our education system. I say the education system, yes, 40%. 60. 60% is our failure to appreciate the capability of our people. And therefore, by policy, declare this this kind of job will not be done here. Mm. We are, right. we are not going to reduce our PhDs. We are not going to reduce our engineers holding masters. We are not going to reduce our architects to mere uh, site supervisors. Because the science of buildings are done in China. No. 
That's what Asia has done. So it calls for a lot. And when I talk of the button, it is not just the parent. Mm. It is also society. What are we bequeathing? Mm. And I will ask with all humility, why spend so much educate the child PhD level? Because the child has the brain to earn the education to PhD level. The child has earned it mm. by his own capability. And then return him, return mm. the child to a technical person. Mm. Why? That is not the function of a parent. That is the function of society. So this passing the baton involves all of us. First, it starts with the parent. Okay. Which he talks about the responsibility at home. Yes. It starts right. with the parent. Mm. But the society, when the parent has given a child of capability, when the parent has given a child, given society a child with capability, the parent is not the one to zoom that capability. Mm. It becomes the work of the society. Unfortunately, we don't. I one time had the opportunity to attend, I would call it a religious seminar, organized by Pastor Muru. Muru, I may not be able to pronounce yes. it well. Yes, Muru. Muiru, Muiru. Muiru. He had a, they had a church in uh, Roma. Yes, Muiru. Muiru. Mm. He had invited two powerful uh, tele-evangelists, Mensa Autoville of Ghana and uh, Randis. Bonke. No, Randis Morrison of um, Jamaica. And the topic was African poverty and Christian leadership. And that seminar went for a week. A friend of mine, who appears to be an Anglican person, came and told me about it. And he mocked and joked with me, uh, you are an Adventist, I know you will not go to those. I said, no, what is it? I've invited you to a seminar, organized in Roma. I said, no. What kind of seminar is in Roma? But when he mentioned the name of those televangelists, I decided to go. I went on, he started on Sunday, so I went from, told me on Monday, so I went from 2 o'clock. I attended that seminar until the whole week. And what I found in that seminar was very profound, very powerful. Mm -hmm. They were questioning why do Africans allow people they were with in Oxford, in Harvard, in Yale, in Cambridge, and they were beating in class. That's what they were saying. You went to them, you went with them to Oxford and so forth, and you are on top of them. Mm -hmm. They come here and they become your managers. What has happened to your knowledge? They were asking those questions. See, that is where Africa problem is. Mm. And they said one thing, which that, that was a seminar organized by Muru who can't pronounce yes. the name well. Right. They say US is not going to give you their best brains. Because if they give it to you, you cannot pay. So if they give you their best their best brains, they will give you best brains mm. who are retirees. They're no longer very effective on their side. Or those who just graduated from college but are wanted to get to become experts on Africa. Right. They sent them. They mentioned World Bank. They mentioned all these others, including UNICEF. Say we have very wonderful doctors around. When UNICEF brings money, they when they give us donation, they give us donation assuming we don't have doctors. Right. So they challenged us. And that is one meeting I attended which the, the memories are still very fresh in my mind. Mm, I can tell. Because at that time, we had gone to negotiate some, call it aid, call it loan, call it whatever it mm. is. And these people are very smart. You arrive, they are parties, parties, parties. Until the first three days, they hold you to parties. Mm. Until the day of signing the thing. And they come with the pages of signature ready. They open the pages of signature. They don't even allow you to read. And we are very comfortable. We go to those ones and we become, those days... 
Though our mall wasn't very popular, but we go shopping. Mm. And we put our signatures without reading. Wow. Fortunately, there were three of us, led by the father of the first African, black, first black African-American president. We were friends, and he told me, let's sit down and read this paper. This paper's all somebody. And we found three paragraphs in a document of 120 pages that was forfeiting every right. Wow. Our leader was Mikey Bucky. And we drew his attention to it very early in the morning. And he said, this document is not being signed. So when we went for signing the document, we were shocked. Bucky said, no, this one's, this one's must be expunged. If they're not expunged, we are not signing. Wow. It took two days. Finally, those words were expunged. Wow. Impressive. I still remember it very well. And for that one, I, I still lift my head. I don't know whether I call it kofia mm. or what to Mike Ibaki. Right. Well, and to you and uh, Obama Senior, because you read, because if you hadn't read, you yes, wouldn't advise. No, but Obama yeah. Senior did not, when we worked with him, mm. he was in pressure. Mm. He combed the documents that he was given responsibility to read. Mm. And I read it because it touched on our, on our department. Mm. Yeah. I do his attention and say, hey, Jechula, how did you see this? Read it. He said, no, no, no. I want to discuss it with the minister. Mm. Yeah. Wow. So I'm relating this one to the seminar that Muriru organized. Right. African poverty and African Christianity, he says. Mm. When somebody comes from Europe, we don't question what he says. Right. Yeah. Because so the white man is right. Thing. right. And those are what I'm discussing in this one. Mm. This responsibility is not just parent-child. It is society right. and succeeding generation. Mm. Yeah. So one of the things that excited me about receiving your book and reading it and seeing that you're writing, because I think that before we exit, we really need to tell a story for the young ones and for others to learn from it. So in writing Passing the Baton, if you were to summarize, you're talking to young Kenyans who have been, who are probably not even yet parents, they're in university, like your grandson. What would be some of the lessons you feel that they must learn? Is if something that you would bequeath them that's here? Well, when I'm writing the book, I'm addressing the parents to leave something of value to their children. Right. And there I've talked of bequeathing character instead of bequeathing material wealth character. I'm oh. talking to the society and telling you that, that we are responsible for the future generation. Our conduct will condemn them or grow them. Uh, we just mentioned this, what the Obama said here was very meticulous in reading. Mm. And he had a good relationship with his minister mm. that could influence him. Right. And he did influence. And the minister himself showed leadership right he's he saw what those three paragraphs in a 100 page document was going to be quit mm. in terms of destruction yeah to the country to the country stood right. In defense. right you see mm. he insisted that those words must be expanded and they were expanded finally but as you say that i just think of if i look at our generation of politicians there's this we do things for ourselves, not for Kenya. We look at how can we enrich ourselves? How can we get this for me? How can we... I think we are very egocentric and we only think about me. 
me meaning me, I, my family, but we don't think about the society, the community and Kenya. And I feel that maybe that's where we have also failed because if we, if we think about ourselves and we don't think about our country, then will we have a country? I'm asking you. <laughs> I didn't want to go there. <laughs> I didn't want to go there. Mm. But I will address it. It's right. Who is succeeding us? If you know who is succeeding you, mm. and you value who is succeeding you mm. in the country, you will do what will, like I said, the minister then of finance did. did. Right. And uh, you see... We were discussing my book, but let mm. me tell you, mm. I don't want to talk politics much. But 500 years ago, Europe did away with kingdom governance. The ones that survived long is 400 years ago. Mm. They did away with the kingdom governance and replaced it with representative governance and the presence of all. Africa is, is still struggling with kingdom governance. Exclusion, you know, mm. exclusion of who should be there. Right. And we defend that one. We, we don't want to learn from what Europe did for five, four hundred years ago. There are no kings ruling with the executive authority in Europe. A few that remain like in Britain, they are largely ceremonial. Mm. Eh? They are to carry some calm and grace the Prime Minister and the Cabinet writes the speech which she comes, the Elizabeth comes, your namesake, comes and reads and so forth. But the decision, the executive decision that drives the country is in the hands of people's representatives. Right. And you know, why did they do that? Because kingdom governance is not that they didn't have governance, but kingdom governance puts cronies and psychophants and call them support the cabinet. They are psychophants. Yes. They are cronies of the king. Right. Europe realized that that was not good and they did away with it. We still Africa. want cronies. Right. right. Uh, I did want this talk that, but that is our challenge. When we talk of wanting to broaden presence in a multi a multinationality, uh, you know how we react. Mm. Uh, we oppose it vehemently. Mm. If we talk of one thing to decentralize gift of revenue, you know what happens. Mm. I don't want to go there because I'm not a politician. I'm just a simple reader of history and a simple reader of governance. So the first and most important thing is to accept that we have date, we have date of exit and prepare our children who will form the society to take charge of their life. Right. Preferably by harmonizing their differences, synchronizing their thoughts mm. so that they can move forward. And me, that is what I'm saying here. No society, as I'm saying in the book, is made up of anything outside the family values. Right. The family values extrapolate to societal, societal values. Mm. You, you talked about, you know, in the beginning about the importance of character and that that's what parents bequeath to their children. But character is, how do you define character? What is character? Character are values. I define it as, as values that grow or regress or destroy society. And they range a lot. They range from capability to be innovative, capability to be creative. Mm, I like that. Capability to transform. 
those are the ones talking. There are a lot of them. Right. Capability to be resilient. Right. Capability to have vision. Capability to be persistent. Mm. Capability to have faith. Right. When you have those capabilities, that is, it is those capabilities that are called character. There are several adjectives that mm. define them. Mm. But that is character. And that's parents' responsibility to be able to... To inculcate right. that in the child. Mm. And character formation, psychologists and sociologists say they are learned traits. Fortunately or unfortunately, they are learned when you cannot put the learner in front of you and give formal lectures. Right. Because they are not still of age to grasp the lectures. I know these days there have been some trial or whatever it is to try to change them and call people in offices and what don't tell them about character. Right. But that is again a transformative approach. Mm. Because character is molded to people in youth. And it is acquisition of apprentice. It is an acquisition of discipleship. Mm. It is acquisition of imitation. Mm. It is acquisition of coping. If you are born in a family where the father and the mother are quarreling and beating one another, your mother insulting your father, and your father reacting by beating, the child of five years knows, because the child of five years already, has already identified the difference between violence mm. and peace. So the child acquires and knows that, no, if somebody tries to play with me, mm. how do I silence them, hit them? And that is one area that the men, unfortunately, have been very bad on. Because they are bedored with physiological strength right. much more than the women. So they say, we just an honor. But what we forget is the time you are hitting your wife, you are hitting your child also. Right. The child is learning that where differences are not solved by negotiation, differences are not solved by synchronizing whatever makes you differ. Mm. See, differences are solved by beating, right. by violence. So it is very important to equip the child the noble character. And in no, what I call noble character, a child born in poverty, but is bequeathed a noble character, will use that character to transform, to grow from poverty to wealth. A child born, a child bequeathed in adequacy of noble character will ravage the wealth. Right. Like a termite ravages the straw. Mm. And there are lots of examples worldwide. Would you get a yari? There's a talk here. Succession Act. Women are up and up in arms. Mm. The, the boys are celebrating, the men are celebrating. Of The law now says the men can inherit whatever assets their wives have in their name. Women are up, up in arms. Mm. The men will say, yes, women have been inheriting our assets. But for me, what concerns me, mm. at the time your daughter, who has inherited from you, mm. your house, is marrying an irresponsible boy. How secure is that asset you have passed on to your, to your daughter? Right. The divorce says, yes. So 
These are the kind of things. But if both of them have virtual character, right. eh, virtuous character, mm. they will see this as a foundation on mm. which they can build and acquire more. Mm. They will not be competing who owns this, but they will be competing, yes, our has lived in rented accommodation. Mm. Thanks be to God, they left us somewhere. We are not paying what? Rent. rent. Right. Yeah? We are not paying rent. Mm. So because we are not paying rent, this money that we should have used in paying rent, let us use it to even make a difference in the quality of school they are taking the child. Right. You see? Mm. So what are you handing over? What are you handing over? I have said that it is better to hand over integrity of character than it is to hand over financial, industrial, and massive estates. Mm. Empires of British estates. Mm. Because the children will start ravaging them, selling one one by one, go to Bahamas. And we've seen that. Go to go to Florida. You know, the big centers of holiday and in a short while dead houses will be gone. Right. Yeah. So this is what for me is mm. important. When mm. you have society made up of character people that respect virtuous character. Mm. What we are talking about in this country, that I can say, because mm. it is on the media all the time. Right. Corruption will not be there. Right. Corruption mm. will not be there. Mm. It is because of absence of virtuous character. Right. Yeah. And and now that you talk about virtues, in fact, virtuous character and you talk about corruption, it's one of the things that worry me a lot is because we talk about corruption as a as a country, as as a continent as well. And yet there's this powerlessness because people don't know where do you start stopping corruption? Is it at the top? Is it at the bottom? Is it in the middle? Where do you start? Or if we have virtuous character, then we will not need to ask this question. It's very easy. Stopping corruption starts with you and me. Right. I see the media talks of politicians dropping money and we scramble for it. Right. If we say, if we left that money dropped, and we need to go for it. Mm. The politician will not drop it the following day. Right. The whole thing talk, the whole thing battles actually what are we passing on? What is the button? Mm. In passing this, in writing this one, I did capture something which I didn't put up here, but it's very important that I can talk about. In athletic sports, if you leave soccer, you leave the, the plenty performers, mm. In athletic sports, there's only one that is replicated by the performers in the competition that is called uh, relay race. Right, that's why you pass the baton. That's the one that the ordinary person realizes. Right. But to win, each runner has to do their best. Right. And normally it starts with the beginner. Mm. So we have, the, whether it is four, three, five, we, it is collective, it is corporate performance. Mm. If you don't have it, you don't get it. Yes. So whether I talk about the country, whether I talk about the family, each one of us right. must accept that we have a responsibility. And it starts with passing the button. Mm. It's not that corruption is unique to Kenya mm. or corruption is unique to Africa, no. Right. If you read history of Europe, it was there. Those mm. days when they had the kingdom governance, people were very corrupt. Mm. They changed it when they got representative governance. So what we need is to inculcate values. What is it? And the best value mm. 
That's what I call the best button pass over to your child at your society is integrity, integrity. of character. Mm. If you don't have it, you are playing with the time. You are playing with the time and it will catch up with you. It caught up with Rome. If you read the rise and fall mm. of Roman Empire, that power which was Rome collapsed. Mm. And it collapsed because of corruption. So we need to pass the button of integrity. I like that. It will help our children mm. to grow beyond where we have left them. Right. The society will be able to realize the goodness of growing the talents. Mm. You see, God does not clone capability. Mm. He diversifies capability, but then allows synchronization and harmonization of those, those ones to create growth. Otherwise, hydrogen and oxygen will not give us water. Mm. You know, God created hydrogen separately. Created. This is the one which is easy to understand. Mm. Eh? Hydrogen is a completely separate element. Oxygen is a completely separate element. But you harmonize them. They give you your what? Yeah, your water. So that is what we need to understand. As a society, that we are going to have clones. God does not clone But for purposes of growth, in fulfillment of the biblical declaration, it is not good for man to be what? Alone. To be alone. And we all, you know, interesting. The people just think it means husband and wife. Mm. No. It's society. It is the society. Mm. There are those talented, mm. like what Kenya is proud of, and mm. I'm very proud that Kenya was the first country in the world, mm. whether to call it invent or discover mm. electronic money transfer. Mm. That mm. is something we should all be proud of. Mm. But you know, the Mzungu, after finding that, they sent their, they sent their top. They came here and learned on how you can grow it and so forth. But it started so we here. should accept mm. that there are people here with capabilities mm. to make inventions. And when they make the inventions, let us use those inventions to grow society. Right. Let us not say, you know, this invention that been done by Elizabeth mm. uh, is no good. It must be stifled because the talent mm. is Elizabeth. Mm. See? That, that's what differentiates Africa or Kenya with Europe and America. Right. They have realized that individuals are talented differently. Right. And when you come up with that thing, they, they support you, they grow you. For we, when we get that, we spend time, even to facilitate patenting, we don't do. Right. It's a big... Because yeah. this has been found by Paulo. Mm. Who is this Paulo? Who is his father? Mm. Where is he born? Mm. Uh, whatever it is. Instead of bequeathing, using Paul's God's given talent mm. to grow the society. Right. And I really like your the way you're looking at society and that society is you and I. And so what are we bequeathing to the next generation yes. is what you do, what I do. Yeah. If we're going to fight corruption, you must fight it and I must fight it. Yeah. And we don't leave it to the politicians. Yeah, we have to play our part in the society. are capable to stand up 
if the families will push up capability of their children mm. and not leave it mm. to others, then we bring up this. And then let we hand over to the society. Right. Mm. And let the society pick up and grow. Right. But if we have a society that rejects discovery by the owner because it's a kikuyu, mm. you are going to go nowhere. Because God has given that talent and that capability to who? Jukuna. Jukuna. Mm. Chances of Jukuna finding his replication, mm. I mean, Jukuna's talent finding his replication in Onyango are very remote. Mm. Or in somebody in Giriyama are very remote. Right. So if we find a Giriyama with that talent, let us, let us treat that talent right. as belonging to Kenya. Mm. But if we are stifling them, we are bequeathing, stifling to the future generation. Mm. So what are we passing over as a button? Are we passing over stifling or we are passing over growth? Right. I believe that we should pass over growth. Growth. We should not reject capability mm. because they don't come from our community. Right, right. Yeah. Your responsibility, pass over growth. Thank you so much. Mr. Oburu, thank you so much for giving us, bequeathing us this gift, passing the baton. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. It has been pleasant to be with you. It has been pleasant to discuss this. And let us join hands in growing some of these things I'm talking about will not achieve in a year or two. No. In fact, some of the problems we have a serious challenge for call them Jews, you call them Hebrews, right. you call them Israelis, until they suffered uh, the conquest by the Babylonians, 500 BC. Mm. And if we learn well, let us borrow from knowledge. It took them 2,500 years to regain national status. They regained it after the Holocaust of Second World War. So let us move and pass over button of growth, button of performance, a button of accepting talents are not synchronized. They are not hipped on an individual, right. but they are hipped. Whether they be natural sciences mm. or social sciences, wherever they are, yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, that's all today in No Head, where we learn to live in the present moment and navigate life together. Thanks for listening. You can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter at No Head Podcast. May you understand your role in the family and play that role. May you not ape other people's culture blindly and may you play your rightful role wherever you are. Bye-bye.